Good morning and welcome to our assembly to worship God in spirit and in truth, to remember Jesus Christ, who He is, and what He did for us, and what He should mean to us now, and to study the Word of God. Be opening your Bible to Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. In these Sunday morning assemblies, there's always a good diversity in the audience. Different races, different backgrounds, men and women and children, and we try to address all these groups in our preaching and teaching from Scripture. Sometimes we are specific in addressing a group, and that is the case this morning. I'm going to address young people. Now, see, when I say that, the older ears and the older minds tend to turn off or at least put the volume down. So let me quickly say, if you do not consider yourself young anymore, please keep listening and share what I present with young people that you have influence with. That's very important for everyone in this audience not considered young. I would deliver this same sermon if the audience was composed of people from 55 and older. Because of influence and evangelism, we are all evangelists in, in taking God's Word to people who may be in a different category than we occupy. So, though I have a very specific group in mind, it will be valuable for everyone to listen and share the message. Parents and grandparents will often ask, what part of the Bible can I share with young people, my children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, that will specifically address their needs? Maybe a statement that captures responsibility. Well, please listen. Write these passages down, and there will be opportunities you will have to talk to young people, perhaps in your family or maybe outside your family, but within your circle of influence from these passages. Now, what is the most difficult time in life? Is it infancy, adolescence, middle age, elderly? Certainly we would all acknowledge that every stage in life <clears throat> has peculiar types of stress or temptation. <clears throat> but I think we would all acknowledge that in that transition from childhood to adulthood, in the teens and maybe into the early 20s, especially in our present time, it is tough, frustrating, and without a good compass, you just can't find your way. You know that you must develop a sense of independence as you get into your 
teens and your 20s. And you must also come to terms with personal discipline, good direction, responsibility. Moses said once that the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Genesis 8.21 Paul admonished Timothy to flee youthful lust in 2 Timothy 2 verse 22. The book of Proverbs is loaded with good principles parents need to share with their children before they leave home. So it strikes me that we have an obligation to help and encourage our young people. And one way we can do that, not the only way, but one way is to give them very specific statements from God. In His Word, written plainly, that they can remember and apply and depend on. The format of this sermon this morning is very simple. Here are four passages from God we offer as reliable counsel for our young people. I'm sorry about the computer glitch that does not capture all of this, but you can look in your Bible in Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 1. Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come, and the years draw near, of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. I think there is an idea that's been around a long time. And this idea used to be called sowing your wild oats. I heard this among young people in the days of my youth, and some were very bold about it. And it would sound something like this. I'm going to have fun now. I'm going to fulfill all of my appetites now while I'm young and vigorous. And then later in life, when I'm old and tired and worn out and can't get around, then I'll give my life to God. Now, immediately, that should sound selfish. And it's a very hazardous calculation, but it's very common to say... I'm going to use my good years for me. I'm going to expend my energy and my youth for my carnal purposes. It's all going to be about me. And then when I'm almost dead, I'm going to give what's left to God. Does that sound like it honors the Creator? Does that sound like a good response to Jesus? who died on that cross and was raised from the dead so that we might live right? Now, it is true, one can turn to God and if repentance is sincere, be saved in old age. There are people who've obeyed the gospel in their 70s and 80s. But isn't this a better way? 
Give your life to God as soon as you have the capacity to understand that choice. Before the evil days come and old age sets in, and remember how hazardous the calculation is of sowing your wild oats, there are people who die at 18 and 24 and 30. Many of them without any hint of warning at all. Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth. Before the evil days come and the years draw near of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. If there is the collapse of this nation, one major cause is the breakdown of the home. And part of that failure is parents not claiming the authority God assigned to them and children who just don't care that God gave them that authority. Parents sometimes throw their hands in the air, frustrated, and say, kids these days. When it would be equally true to say, parents these days. The deep moral deficit that is killing the nation is in part the breakdown of the parent-child relationship. It creates instability, not only in the home, but in the schools and churches and a community in the nation. Right now, children, just make up your mind. You're going to respect your parents. You're going to obey them. And understand that God knew exactly what He was doing when He set the family up that way with parental authority. You may not agree with everything your parents say. You may not like it. You may cry out from time to time, it isn't fair. And your friends may confirm your rebellion. God is watching, listening, and His expectation has been made clear. Children, obey your parents. You may discover what Mark Twain found out. I'm quoting Mark Twain. When I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant I could hardly stand to be in the same room with him. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much the old man had learned in seven years. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. 1 Timothy 4, 12 is our third passage to share with young people. Confession here. I remember when I was a young preacher, I read this and I thought, 
this was the verse God gave me to use if someone questioned my youth. I saw this verse like a bullet. If someone acted like they thought I was too young to preach, I'd quote this verse. I missed it altogether. I didn't have it right. What eventually occurred to me is, God gave this to Paul to write to Timothy for Timothy to apply to himself. It wasn't for Timothy to use against anyone. It was for Timothy to apply to himself. What this means is, conduct your life in such a way people will not be inclined to despise your youth. This was for Timothy to apply to himself. And it remains for all young folks to apply to their lives. And the point is this, act in such a way, treat God in such a way, treat people in such a way, have such good discipline and conduct, people are not likely to use your youth and your inexperience as a point of criticism. With that in mind, look with me at the entire verse, not just the opening phrase. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Young people, did you hear that? If you conduct yourself as a Christian consistently, faithfully, and with humility, you will set a good example for everybody, those younger than you and those older than you. And you will remove any questions about your youth and inexperience. Folks will not be inclined to bring up your youth and demean you about it if they observe your good example of faithfulness to God. 2 Timothy 2, 22. Finally, near the end of the sermon, we get all the verse in one box. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. 2 Timothy 2, 22. Now, let's just be frank here. There are youthful passions or lust. When I was a teenager, a wise man told me, Warren, when you are strongly attracted to something you know is wrong, run, don't walk. Bible class teacher I had in my high school years. When you're strongly attracted to something you know is wrong, run, don't walk. Be afraid of what sin can do to you. He was talking to me about premarital sex and alcohol. I tell you, I heard so much preaching about that when I was a teenager, I thought at one point that was all the Bible said. When alcohol and sex was offered, I could picture myself in the fires of hell. 
I know that sounds exaggerated. And I'll tell you that a little later, I came to terms with the other motives, like loving God and following Christ and being a good example. But at first, I ran the other way primarily because I was terrified by the wrath of God. Now, that wasn't altogether bad. My teacher said, run, don't walk. Drinking parties, I was forbidden to attend. And besides, I was afraid. I ran the other way. Thank God I did. Now, here in 2 Timothy 2.22, there is the more comprehensive sum of all that. See, the running, while necessary, must be accompanied by the direction. To say that another way, when you shun what is wrong, then the follow-through is to embrace what is right. And those things must be combined. That's the sum of it. Flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness. So in fleeing, you're running. In pursuing, you're latching on to the other thing. Young folks need to run away from youthful lust, but they need to run in a definite direction, not aimlessly. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So, young people, you have running orders from God through Paul to Timothy. And for young people today, it's not only running orders... It is running away from what is destructive toward what is constructive in your life. Righteousness, faith, love, peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Four passages to share with young people. Well, I tell you, the country's in danger. We all know that. The media makes it look like the problem is political and social and economic. Those disparities are symptoms. The real problems at the core of our society, spiritual and moral, and at the core of that cause, there is this breakdown of the family unit. I read the other day in a book that's loaded with evidence. <clears throat> the United States has the highest family fragmentation rates in the industrial world. Non-marital birth rates... Divorce, domestic violence, infidelity, absent parents, inconsistent parenting, letting digital media invade a child's life, on and on. 
Our nation is worse. Young people who are believers in Christ, you can initiate change starting with your own life in your own family, your own choices. Remember your Creator in the days of your youth. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. And when the drinking party invitations come in, flee youthful lust. But when you run, run in the right direction and get hold of righteousness and faith and love and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. The sum of it is obey the gospel. Be a Christian. Live in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Let's be standing as we sing.